Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. When Marvel released the Black Panther in 2018, it was the first solo superhero movie to cross over a billion dollars and was the third highest grossing movie in the MCU behind, of course, Endgame and Infinity War. To say that it was a cinematic and cultural phenomenon would be an understatement. After the untimely death of Chadwick Boseman, there was a lot of speculation about the future of the superhero and how the character of T'Challa would be handled going forward. Well, this year we finally got the answer with the release of Wakanda Forever, and we're going to talk all about it in this episode 118, The Black Panther Lives. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who has been working on his own secret project to manipulate that rarest of all elements, vibranium, using nothing more than steak grease and a scooter. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and is the rightful heir to the Stakeums Empire. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? I am doing quite well. And yourself, sir? Very good. Very good. Very good. One redemption ride deep, and it's not even uh, its not even bedtime for you, so you're doing well. You're doing yes. very well. Yes. Uh, I, I th- you know, 30 minutes ago, uh, you know, it was just kind of like, eh, I, I don't know. But now I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling you're good, feeling it now? I'm drunk. I'm fine. <laughs> 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 I have not yet begun to define. So. <laughs> there we go. How about a spelling contest? <laughs> well, as I uh, as I mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be talking about the Black Panther Wakanda forever uh, in this episode. So just be forewarned, once we get past the Weekend Geek, this will be spoilerific. Um, even though I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of you have seen this already, I, I don't know how much money the gross is up to at the moment i will find that out by the time we get to that segment but it's making all the money right now people Mm. are going to see it so i'm sure most of you who are listening to this have seen the flick however just a warning we're going to chat a little bit about some uh some news thingamabobs here but then we are going to get into spoiler terry's her territory I uh, are you hand sure over that redemption rye over here, sir. I need it's, it. First of all, it's restoration, sir. Restoration. <laughs> restoration. Why did I get redemption? My I gosh, what's going on with me? I don't know. I'm stone cold sober here with a polar seltzer. I was gonna. Go, I was just gonna say, which one of us has had a you know a, a, a bit of bourbon to kick off the show here? I don't you know. You know, it's it's been a long week, and it's going to be another couple long weeks of, of running just around. Real quick, so shout out to Uncle Todd, who was kind enough. Uh, this this all goes all the way back to july the 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 denver excursion and uh we were turned on to this uh, brand at the uh, whiskey bar uh a, a one fateful night when we overdid it way too much and uh anyways. well after after that after the 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 uber ride to the whiskey bar 
We needed wait, wait a, minute, a couple of the, whiskeys. The NASCAR experience we went <laughs> <Yes>. through. <laughs> After that, I needed I needed a couple just to calm my nerves. <laughs> that was that was it, it was exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time. Oh my it God. was it was interesting, but yes, so uh, continue, sir. Re- Restoration Kentucky Rye Whiskey. Uh, what's interesting is I believe, if I remember correctly, this brand mm-hmm. was born out of the Colonel Taylor Distillery. Uh, which Colonel Taylor is a brand I believe belongs to, I think Bullet, maybe. No, because Bullet be is wrong. No, because because uh, the I forget what his name is. He he was very anti-Bullet, so that would not have been. <laughs> oh, that's right under the Bullet um, banner. Oh gosh, this is going to bother me now. Yeah, you're going to have to look that up. I will look it up, but nonetheless, uh, from the Colonel Taylor Distillery, of which it had gone into disrepair, the owners who now uh, proudly run it and uh, are distilling some fine, fine beverage from there, uh, called the brand Restoration uh, for obvious reasons. So the this, Buffalo the, Trace Distillery, by the way. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, but Uncle Todd, uh, as uh, per uh, the stipulations of the last reel in Jabroni uh, sent my winnings in the form of this fine, uh, fine bottle. And it is quite a bottle, by the way. It, it's a, it's like a collector's thing, I think. It so. is very nice. I remember seeing it. It, it. That was that was early enough in the evening that I still remembered things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, so thank you, sir, uh, as I imbibe to help kind of. Uh, I don't know, even keel myself out here for for the evening. All right. Well, I'm glad you're on an even keel because you're up next here, sir, because we got some news. What? What do we got going on in the Week in Geek? Week in Geek. Feels so funky. Uh, Well, we have the following, sir. Uh, Always prepared am I, uh, as well as a little help from, from the... From, from the Uncle Todd on uh, on this uh, Week in Geek segment. Uh, this first one, uh, I don't know if you want to kind of jump into this because you kind of threw this in. Uh, I saw this earlier today. I have no idea what the implications are. Yes, this is this is breaking news. Of course, by the oh, time you hear wait. this, this will be everywhere. Yeah. I'm trying to do the Robin Williams bit poorly. And, uh, this, um, one, this one's entitled, Bye-bye, Chappie. <laughs> Which at first, when I saw the title, I was thinking about my like I have a I have one of those like little cat you know caps from like twenties we call it the Chappy Cap, and uh, I'm like, what is he ta- why is he putting a link in about the Chappy Cap? And I'm like, wait a minute, this has nothing to do with the Chappy Cap. This has to do with someone apparently named Chappy or Chapek in this case. Yes, uh, as the C- former CEO of Disney ousted uh, yesterday or today, I'm not quite sure uh, by uh, the apparently former and now current CEO Bob Iger. So. Yeah. Q- JR, by God, that's Bob Iger's music. <laughs> that's that's got to be Kale. Whoops, sorry. <laughs> I mean, this is absolutely insane. So Bob Chapek, Chap Chapek, or whatever, Bob Chapek. Just call him Chappy. Just it's Chappy. It doesn't matter. Forward. He's not in power anymore. What's he yeah. going to do? Chappy. Uh, Chappy was has been CEO now for two years, and um, combined with a bunch of concerns internally and from the board, the board reached out to former CEO. Bob Iger, who is CEO from 2015 to 2020, on Friday, we're recording this on Monday, November 21st. That means what? That's the 18th? Yes. November 18th, they reach out to Iger and they're like, please, we made a huge mistake in letting you go. Please come back. Please take us back. (laughs) And Bob's like, all right, fine. And they absolutely poop canned 
Chappie this this morning and no other search. There was no nationwide search. It was like, hey, Bob, do you want the job back? Pretty please. Mm-hmm. Sure. Chappie, clear your crap out. Yes. <laughs> You're out by 5 p.m. Escorted. I would I would love if someone had some live footage. If like if Chappie's literally like walking out with one of those cardboard bank boxes with his stuff being escorted out by a, by like a Disney uh, security guard in like a Mickey Mouse suit or something. Do you think? Do you think they hired Affleck? Do you think oh. they, they they brought the Chucky to bear on this? And, I don't know. And Disney's... he walks in his office and there's Chucky sitting at his desk saying, "Yes, suspect." That would be great, but I don't think they I don't think they've got Affleck money these days. All Disney's right. Disney's had a rough couple of years. I mean, pandemic shutting down their parks and cruise lines and all that. I mean, there's a reason why Chappie is getting shown the door at this point. Oh my gosh! But this is insane just to see like a major corporation, major corporation turn a ceo out like that and go back to the last guy yep i i don't i mean granted i am not the most business of business oriented business watchers i don't know how many more times i can throw business in there and make it work <laughs> i don't know i, I mean Uncle i'm thought is of the mind that if you say the word enough people will believe you are an expert in such category <laughs> exactly i've i've worked for businesses but it's not like i am i am some Can't sort of for. genius exactly <laughs> Keep you keep your ear to the grindstone, um, and yes, I am doing the little waving the waving the bills gesture. Um, but I I don't remember ever hearing about something like this uh, with a with a corporation of this size and breadth because yeah. Disney is in they've got their dirty little fingers in everyone's pie, and and all of a sudden over a weekend be like. Bob, we need you back. Okay, mm-hmm. well, what are you going to do about the current guy? Like, oh my gosh, it's it's so much like the replacements. You remember when, yeah. when Gene Hackman goes there? And he's like, you already got a coach. Ah, I'll take care of that. Like, I, yeah. I imagine the conversation actually being exactly like that. Like, they the, the head of the board is like in a little golf cart with Bob Iger going around to close <laughs> Disney World in Florida or something, <laughs> and they're just talking about it, you know? Yeah, I, I hope it was like that. That would be what, so awesome. What I'm reading from the article here is is it sounds like uh, these discussions started to replace him after the board uh, married internal complaints about his leadership, Chappie's mm-hmm. leadership, with concerns following Disney's most recent quarterly earnings report. Uh, so it seems like it was a perfect storm uh, from this from the CNBC article uh, of uh, just in, in general concerns about him leading things uh, combined with a, a poor financial showing. I, I will point out, though, uh, let the record show uh, to uh, to the jury. Uh, Disney most recently as well just announced it's not first, ladies and gentlemen, Second mm. price hike in the same year. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sorry, but I'm sure that's going to probably cause some folks to maybe consider their budget and what they want to do on their vacation a little bit differently. So, well, and they just raised the Disney Plus. Price. That's true. Yeah. Again, yeah and, just, that, and that's the yeah. second time in a year because they went from $6.99 to $7.99. And now they're shooting up to ten ninety nine. It's not three fifty. No, it's not. That's and for I sure. mean, and I get it. Stuff goes up, and I mean, Disney's already expensive as hell. I mean, we thought about heading there for a vacation in the beginning of next year, and saw the prices like, oh my good sweet mama. And and this, and as far as I know, they still aren't even doing meal plans. Like that's before you even get anything to eat. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's rough, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I get it again. Like they, they having your park, sh- when you were a, in the, in the amusement park business and your park shuts down for the amount of time that Disney did, whoo, that's yeah. going to sting. Yep. But yeah, it, it, the thing that gets me is like, it's, it's those things, not to mention you look at what happened. I, I don't want to beat a, a dead horse here, but then again, who am I kidding? That's, that's kind of one of my gimmicks. You go back to the whole Black Widow ScarJo fiasco mm-hmm. and his oh, yeah. handling of that. You can say, well, that's just one incident. Yes, but that is an, a ver- that is like a softball lob corporate issue that was handled very poorly in a public way. What's going on behind the scenes with people who are not nearly of the of the the level in terms of publicity and and stature in the public eye as Scarlett Johansson? How's he dealing with those people? I'm guessing not, not well. Yeah. So it, it kind of, in a way, I'm almost surprised it took this long. It feels like they almost were like, okay, two years. We'll give it two years. And then they're like, and time's up. To the minute. <laughs> to the minute. Ding. You're out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just a, 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 a rather flabbergasting piece of news i I was what i just happened to be checking reddit at the gym in between sets today and i'm like really okay yeah Yeah. that's interesting um but yeah so bye-bye chappy and uh welcome back (laughs) (laughs) mr carter oh 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 mr Iger, mr Iger. (laughs) oh well done sir well done well done signed Chappie's mother. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you working two gimmicks into one thing. Look at that. What? Fantastic. Who? Oh, oh, three. There, there we go. There we go. Where? <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Vincent Barbarino. Forget about you know about you know John Travolta bringing back you know the guy from Greece. I want I want a full on like bring back Vinny Barbarino. That's I want the Vinny Barbarino. I want like a, like a gritty retelling of the Vinny Barbarino story oh, for lord. a Saturday Night Live sketch. Can we get that, please? Uh, I was just going to say that 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 is a Saturday Night Live sketch in the offing right there. The, is that the, too much to ask? You know, from from Vice, the Vinny Barbarino story. <laughs> Yes, dark side of the of the sitcom. So I mean, my gosh, we should we should be making money off of this, really. I mean, come we on, we how should. are we not getting paid for this? I don't know. Uh, anyways, anywho, all right. Well, moving along from Chappie and uh, the Iger, uh, we we move on to a little bit of uh, Marvel news, courtesy of uh, Uncle Todd on this one, which also uh, happens to be Disney news in a roundabout sort of way. <laughs> Indeed. Apparently there is, uh, you know, at one time there was thought to be no sequel that would be coming from WandaVision. It would be a standalone series, but it sounds like there is a sequel in the works. Mm. Uh, rumored title is Vision Quest. No, no, folks, not the Matthew Modine vehicle from the 1980s. <laughs> Son of a mother. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you could get Matthew Modine. I don't think he's terribly busy he, these days. He, he kind of has had a bit of a resurgence being a part of Stranger Things. If you had watched that show, you would know that. You know what? I don't even want to hear about it. How's your rewatch? How's your? How are you doing catching up on Miss Marvel and all the other stuff that that I've been keeping on She Hulk? So all Vision these things. Quest is exactly. the name of this show. <laughs> yes, suspect. <laughs> I'm keeping my ear to the grindstone. All right, leave me alone. Yeah, you better. Uh, You're wrong. Lord. Better keep your butt cheek to the grindstone. <laughs> 
<laughs> getting a little graphic there. All right. Then you, then you get um, that's how you get chappy. Well, that's jeez, <laughs> oh, look at what he did there. Hey, My goodness. Thank you. Uncle thank you. Todd on a roll. Well done, sir. This seltzer. Uh, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure Patrick snuck me some more of that weed seltzer. It's ah, it's gonna be rough. We go. There we go. That's that 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 makes all the difference. Uh rumored title, Vision Quest, uh will star Paul Bettany as a vision. Uh, there is the potential for Elizabeth Olsen to return to Scarlet Witch, despite uh, seemingly dying uh, at the end of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Which makes uh, sense. I mean, Vision died. <laughs> well, why not? You know, it's... I mean, you know, have to have to have the tit for tat there, right? So Maybe we can just bring back all the dead Marvel characters in Vision Quest. <laughs> they will. They'll do the zombie episode, right? Isn't that wasn't that a uh, part of What If? It, they'll, they'll do a live action like Walking Dead Marvel thing. That could be cool. Bring I mean, in Rick Grimes, bring in Negan, you know? I'm thinking more like, you know, characters from the Marvel Universe to maintain continuity, but well, sure. I know, but, you know, whatever. Still, it'd be kind of funny. You could bring in Rumlow, you know, Tony Stark. There you go. Tony Stank. <laughs> Got to bring in Tony Stank. Um, By the way, have you noticed, have you know, and I don't, I don't want to drag this into a, into a complete sideways here, but it just, it occurred to me the other day because uh, I, I've, I've seen enough Elon Musk uh, tweets oh, that are screen captured. Do don't you, get I, me started on that. Good I didn't Lord. even realize, like it, it just, it, I, cause I don't follow the dude cause I really, oh. I don't really care, but on his, his tweet, uh, Twitter avatar, it's like him, like with the Iron Man suit. Oh, like his God. head stuck on the Iron Man suit. Great. And I, I was just thinking about this. I'm like, dude, you're not Iron Man. You're not Tony Stark. You're more Justin Hammer, really. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of where we used to yeah. think that you were Tony Stark. No, 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 no. Yeah. Justin Hammer. That's who yeah. you are. Anyways. Oh, after it, the last couple of weeks, definitively Justin Hammer. But anyways. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, can you so, put, how do you put a head in there? Can you put your head? You can't put a head. I need a guy in this. Oh, my gosh. He was so good. <laughs> I want that character back. I really do. I know. There's got to be a way we can get Justin Hammer. It is too bad. We we, we didn't get more of the hammer. Um, so n- not a whole lot in, in terms of plot. Uh, and, and uh, Sorry. Let me, let me take a step back here. Inverse.com is our source uh, for, for this fine article. Uh, no plot points, really. It kind of dives in a little bit into what it could be based on the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are some interesting, uh, you know, tidbits to take from this. Uh, uh, it seems like there, there was a comic um, at one point where, where Vision was kind of like a detective zigzagging between New Orleans and Chicago. And, uh, and, and basically I think that's how he ends up in kind of the green and, and yellow, uh, body of, uh, there, there's an antagonist called anti-vision who he ends up, uh, you know, through this comic eventually basically kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, not absorbing, but becoming one with that body. Mm-hmm. Um, and and basically part of the story is him trying to, you know, basically recover his ability to be empathetic, to have emotion. And so by the end of the story, he eventually gets to that point through, you know, his his ability to transfer into this anti-vision body. So thoughts were maybe he does something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds interesting. I think, uh, you know, I think it would be great for them to, you know, I feel like, when we saw, you know, white vision kind of disappear after, you know, at the end of WandaVision, you know, kind of flew off into some, you know, into parts unknown. Um, but to bring him back, you know, as part of phase five and six, now that, you know, Kang is, is kind of ramping up and we're, we're heading into this multiversal kind of war, war mode. I think it would be kind of, uh, 
it would be interesting to get the vision character back, maybe make his restoration restoration. See, tied the yeah. bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, I moved on to the rare breed, so I'm I'm all fired up oh, right now. Oh boy, barrel proof. Here we go, baby. Boom, baby. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I think it'll be interesting. And and I think, you know, Vision will be a great character to have in the mix for what will be um, you know, this this version's or or this, you know, th- these two phases version of of the Thanos, you know, kind of arc where we're gonna have Kang doing his doing his stuff but at the end of the day having to face down against the avengers of whom hopefully vision is one so Mm -hmm. uh what are your thoughts sir i've been kind of rambling about this article but uh excited about this is this a series that does not need to happen what what are you thinking well i don't know i mean i the thing is i'm not familiar with the run from the comics which even if it wasn't what they're doing it would at least lend some idea of what they're not doing i guess it would would eliminate a possibility but i'm not familiar with that run in the comics so i'm all for having more vision and you know i mean it's essentially kind of an amnesia angle if you think about it that way i mean Mm -hmm. it's not lost in cleveland for those of you uh mick foley aficionados out there and wcw fans um i hope it's good I'm not opposed to it, but then again, I'm I'm not opposed to really any of this content. Um, eventually, I think we're gonna we're gonna have an episode. Where we're gonna talk a little bit more about the entire cinematic universe deal, and and I'll have some more thoughts on the MCU in general because I think it's part of the reason I think a lot of people have been kicking back on it is because it's become so diversified. And I'm not talking about that in terms of like you know. Um, the genders of characters or nationality of characters I'm talking about just in the types of stories they're telling and the way that they're telling them and the, the, the large largeness and smallness of some of these stories that the types of stories have a Mm -hmm. diversity of them. And then you also have that diversity of the characters themselves, which adds another layer. So there's just naturally now going to be stuff that resonates more with some people than others. And there's going to be stuff that, People are just like, no, I don't really like this thing. And that's okay because the entire universe does not hinge on that one thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's like, eh, I'll give it a shot. Why not? It, it, you know, it might be pleasantly surprising for me. You know, I kind of really wasn't anticipating liking She-Hulk as much as I was. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of dug that. Like it, it kind of hit this weird sort of odd funny bone vibe for me that I was like, all right, cool. I dig that. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not opposed to it. And I think it'll be, it'll be interesting if nothing else. And if it kind of gives us some more Paul Bettany, Hey, I I'm, I'm in. Why not? Indeed. Indeed. And lastly, uh, this one from the minds of uncle Todd and the man they called him, uh, kind of a funny little story, but also kind of leading into our next episode, uh, WWE. A, a acronym you have not heard us utter very often mm, yes. in terms of an actual episode. Um, we've, we've mentioned it kind of on the side in a week and geek here and there. But uh, this Saturday, the 26th, uh, and by the way, sir, live from Boston, so not too far down the road from uh, your stomping no grounds. No way, really? TD Garden. Oh. 
Survivor Series. If I didn't already have plans, dude, you know I would I would actually seriously consider trying to get a ticket. <laughs> I, I bet you would. And you'd be holding up the free range EDC sign. Ah! Um, Do they even but, allow you to still bring signs in, or is I that just so. like not even allowed anymore? I think so, as long as oh, you're okay. not, you know, rooting for the, uh, you know, the enemy there or whatever. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, uh, this uh, Saturday uh, we have Survivor Series. Well, the reason we're bringing this up is yes, we are going to do an episode about the card itself, so we we will go into detail on that. It's actually very interesting. Uncle Todd pointed this out. Four per four match card going on, which is very very strange. Uh, typically for these shows, you have about you know six to eight matches. Um, you know, in Survivor Series, the past few years, you've had some singles, you've had some of the you know kind of standard elimination tag matches that that we've all come to enjoy. But what's interesting here is the, is the working in of war games because war games is a concept that is not native to WWE. It is something that came through WCW mm. and. To have, you know, again, I think this is a product of Triple H being in charge. Um, he reintroduced this concept in NXT when he was, you know, really involved with that. And it had produced some just classic matches. He's going to bring it back here now. This is the first time it's been brought into a major WWE pay-per-view. And it's even f- more interesting Survivor Series of all places because... Like under Vince, I don't think I was telling Uncle Todd this. I don't think they would have ever crossbreeded these two concepts together because Survivor Series was very much Vince's domain. War oh, Games yeah. was very much over here with WCW, and ne'er the, t- the 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 two shall cross. And so, wasn't um, Survivor Series the first non WrestleMania pay per view? Yes, yes, yeah. So I mean, yes. that's that was so it's a big deal. Yeah, this that'd be like deal. mucking around with the Royal Rumble. Although I, exactly. he might not have, at the beginning, he might not have been all that upset with that because that was Pat Patterson's thing and he didn't really like it. But yeah, but yeah. I mean, that would have been like Vince five years ago saying, hey, you know, we're going to change all this. Like, no, <laughs> you wouldn't do that. You know? Um, no, that's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, and just, but then again, I mean, the fact is like the traditional Survivor Series matches were very much a thing of the past, mm-hmm. at least in the way that they, they kind lost of- some of their drama. Well, yeah, because it, it, it even the, although, although even though going so I've been watching Brian Zane's YouTube channel, which big plug for uh, Brian Zane uh, wrestling with regret. Fantastic channel. Everyone ought to subscribe to it. Even if you're not really that much of a fan of wrestling, it, it can be really entertaining. Um, he gone, he's gone through some of the old Survivor Series pay-per-views and some of them are like just so ham fisted, like <laughs> wrenching yeah. an angle in, and involving people who have no business being involved and they're they're somewhat lackluster matches but um to now those are just those are gone there's not there's not any classic survivor series matches on this and to have four matches is kind of crazy yeah you know but i'm looking forward to it i'm excited like i've i've never seen any you you were very uh emphatic in your support for the the war game gimmick when we did our our wrestling uh gimmick match uh bracket and I've and and I've I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out. This will be my first time watching any kind of a war games match, so I'm I'm excited for it. And the four matches are uh, SmackDown Women Championship Shotzi versus Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey the champion. And I, she, I I don't know. I'm I'm curious how that's going to go, but I mean I'm yeah. hoping that's going to be a decent match. I, I like Shotzi. I think she's she's really good. It's nice to see her get kind of a shot, and uh, you know, at at a at a top spot like that. 
Uh, Ronda Rousey, I don't know. Yeah, I, I really just don't know. I'm hoping yeah. that this will be a match that kind of everything clicks. The one I'm excited about uh, the other singles match is Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, and and there's some there there's some underlying you know history not between them maybe per se, but just kind of their role in wrestling lore like AJ Styles before coming to WWE was in New Japan Pro Wrestling led the very popular and still going faction called the Bullet Club um this was something that actually was I think Finn first initiated and was the first kind of leader of that group and so it's really kind of cool to have like the two you know two heads of that kind of faction who are both recognized as very accomplished wrestlers um mm. you know very good workers going going one on one um this is a singles match that I'm pretty excited about I I never you know really would have thought I would have seen those two get together under kind of the Vince McMahon reign um, no, so I'm never um, yeah so I'm excited for that uh war games we're going to have a female match team Bianca versus team damage control uh so um uh, Bianca Belair, uh, her team against um, uh, Bailey and her team. So that'll be really interesting. And, and again, the whole War Games concept. And then the last War Games match will be the Brawling Brutes, Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline. Of course, you know, Roman Reigns and and the family with Sami Zayn as the honorary Oos. Um, is he is he Oosie? Is he feeling I, I think he's feeling pretty Oosie, baby. Feeling pretty oozy. The bloodline, which I mean, I've I've not. I got to admit, I've never been a huge Roman Reigns fan. I'll be damned if I haven't been won over in the last couple of years here. Just even in watching some mm-hmm. clips, and mm-hmm. and that was a guy who I used to give like negative on a genetic level. I heard several oh, times out of yes. your mouth. Yes, on a genetic level, I had a strong dislike of this guy, and mm-hmm. now it's like. It's clicking. It's yep. clicking. So I'm I'm very yep. excited. And the thing is, like, usually these and they're not pay per views anymore. Of course, it's a premium live event, which I mean, I get because <laughs> it's not you don't it's not a pay per view. Like you, right. it's all on the app now, so it's not like you're paying for the event. It still sounds weird um, to me because I'm old and stuck in my ways. But uh, but usually these are three hours. These are three hour events. Yes. Yes. And in some cases, even longer, you know, like the like, of course, WrestleMania being split up over over two nights. But I guess AEW's events here have been running like three and a half, like, yeah, fracking four hours, which to me, I'm like, okay, there's a limit. I don't I don't care how good your wrestling show is. At a certain point, people are just tired. (laughs) You're just tired, you know. Um, But if you figure, okay, let's just let's just call it three hours. Right. That's four matches. You've got. I mean, I'm the one. Which I think, means they're planning some good stuff for these war games matches. They're they're going to they pace them to. out. They're going to they pace them out. To. And and just for the uninitiated, the format is. I was explaining, uh, explaining Uncle Todd before the episode started. the The concept behind this is. Of the teams, two people from each team start the match. Every couple of minutes, a member from another team enters in and they interleave from both teams. So there is like an advantage kind of early on that one of the teams will have because they'll have a two on one at one point, then it'll even up and then they'll, they'll continue to have a one man advantage until all five are in, in, in the match. The mm. other thing to note is this isn't in a single wrestling ring. Yes. This is across two rings that are pushed together mm-hmm. under a cage. Yes. So this is a, 
this can turn into a very vicious match, which is one of the things that I, back in the day when I would see WCW on TV, that kind of attracted me. I mean, I am sorry to say it's the violence part, but I always love the steel cage matches and they always use like not, not kind of the monkey bars cages, but they actually used the chain real link. chain link fence, yeah. fence cages. So it looked brutal. And, um, and that was one of the ways like the four horsemen kind of grew in their legend was through these matches because it, it would be a pretty violent and bloody affair. And so, Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's a given that like, Ric Flair watching this at home is going to be suddenly bust open. Yes. He's yes. going to be bleeding uncontrollably in his living room, like untouched, but just watching the match, he's all of a sudden, is it like, Ric Flair's bursting wide open, you know, the crimson it's, it's mask. It's like the combustible drummer from, uh, from, uh, from Spinal uh, Tap, yes. From Spinal Tap, yes. Yeah, same thing. Like, oh my gosh, that'll be great. He'll be, he'll like go to comb back his hair and like blade himself by accident, just Indeed. out of habit. You know, but but the funny part about about, you know, one of the reasons we 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 kind of brought this in was I was telling Uncle Todd, interestingly enough, um, when WWE went to you know go promote all this, I think they came to realize that they, they couldn't actually like show any footage from past War Games matches because in these mm-hmm. past War Games matches on NXT, they all consisted of 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 wrestlers who have since moved on to AEW. Yeah. And so they actually don't have any footage and so i think you know part of what they're going to do during this event is this is going to be kind of the base of the marketing that they're going to use moving forward when they do bring the war games concept in Mm. um is is to show the bloodline versus the brutes or to show you know team damage control and and team bel-air or whatever they're calling her um you know so i i I think it's just I thought that was a kind of funny because it's like whoops uh looks like we uh didn't keep the people we should have kept and um you know kind of put ourselves into a corner there um but i'm like i said i'm I'm really excited to see a concept that you know wasn't born out of wwe but i think can be implemented in the right way and and i'm very encouraged by the fact that it's four matches because it tells me they are going to pace these matches out appropriately and give them the time that they need and and i think that's going to make for a really good event you tell me though i mean if you're on if you're in either of those singles matches, mm-hmm. like what sort of mixture of confidence boost and also like pants wetting nervousness do you have? Because in, in it's like four matches. Okay, we let's just say each war games match is going to let's just even say it's forty five minutes each for either for both of those matches. Forty five minutes, fifty minutes each. Yeah. Yeah almost an hour you still got another hour now you figure entrances promos all that each of those matches singles matches mm-hmm. is still going to be around 20 minutes unless they've got a lot of extracurricular activities that they're going to be doing i think they might go 30 if, i could uh, see styles and balor going 30 oh, totally but even even like even shotzi rousey which is mm-hmm. the weakest of of these four matches for certain just because I think Rousey is probably the weakest of the four wrestlers in the singles matches, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, to me, she's very hot and cold. Like, some good matches, some matches where it's just like, there's, it, it, meh. Um, granted, I don't, have a, I've, I don't have the Ronda Rousey library sitting on my shelf, so it's not like I've seen every match the woman's ever done. But I, I feel like, you know, there's a certain amount of... Triple H just kind of saying like, 
that's your time. I'm giving mm-hmm. it to you. Mm-hmm. No excuse. Like that that has to be a huge confidence boost for those re- for those performers to be like, "Wow, I'm I'm give I'm being given that amount of time." Yeah. Holy cow. Like yep. I'm responsible for a quarter of this show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, one, I, I, that you know, on one hand, that's got to be like, wow, a, a stoke to your ego. And then also like, it's like you say yeah. that you say that little prayer before you head out, like, please, God, don't let right. me F this up. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and one thing we're not accounting for, and I do think this will will probably chew up some time, is I'll guarantee you they're going to work something in with Bray Wyatt. Well, yeah, but even that, I mean, still, there's that could easily be is, a 15, 20 minute thing yeah true but i mean there is still a butt ton of time there oh sure for four scheduled matches yeah you know uh because i i yeah anyways we won't get too much into it you have two singles matches at 20 minutes each you do a bray wyatt you know promo thing at at 20 minutes and then you do the two war games matches at 45 each you're still not hitting three hours yeah so to to your point there there may be some some lag time but maybe they have some stuff planned in there to just kind of elongate the event to three hours i don't know yeah it'll be interesting i mean it'll even be interesting just from a standpoint of like what is the physical setup going to be like are they just going to have the two rings out there the entire time are they going to find a way to sneak another ring in i think at some point i mean kind of interesting because it it chews up seating space so they've got to have them out there they can't just like plop a ring in there true yeah yeah i mean yeah i don't know how they would manage to do that true cherry on top is what the hell is Kevin Owens going to do? <laughs> yeah, that guy's Because you crazy. know that man is going to hurl himself off of something and cause some major mayhem. Yep. I think Corny I think Uncle Corny is going to be is going to be having either a fit or he's going to be having a, a good fit. I mean, there's he's going to have a fit either way. It's, a, it's whether it's a bad fit or a good fit, really. <laughs> He's gonna uh, he's gonna have he's gonna have dominoes on dominoes. and he's gonna have his diet sprite over there. He'll yes, be as long as his dominoes, he'll be somewhat docile. Yeah, so. well, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Corny's ever docile. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> All right. Well, and that, my friends, is the weekend geek. Well, that's good. We managed to stretch that out, even though we were like, "Ah, oh, it's going to be a quick one for weekend geek." Oh well. Hey, let the record show. I try to keep that segment moving along. Uncle Todd likes to, you know, spend a little time. So. I did. I I definitely stretched some of those items. I'll <laughs> I'll own I'll own like ten percent of that. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, sir, for our for uh, working so hard on the weekend geek. Really appreciate oh, all the yeah. all the time Super and the hard. hours that you put into this, the sweating and the the, the cultivating. I think the curating. you came up two thirds of it this time around. Well, I wasn't going to say anything, but you just you just sold yourself out. So, yes, it's all me, folks. It's it's me, 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 me. Um, but anyways, now we're going to move on to the the main event of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about Black Panther Wakanda mm-hmm. forever, otherwise known as the Black Panther 2, I guess you could call it. Uh, once again, I just want to warn you, do not start cussing us. Oh, there goes the cork. Oh, boy. <laughs> rare breed incoming um don't don't start actually it's more of a gobble because it is wild turkey so oh, that's I mean, true that's true. Get a, uh, one of those in there <laughs> um but don't don't start cussing us out on social media or anything if if you start listening to this and you're like i haven't seen black panther too well tough uh because this is going to be spoilerific we are not going to be 
holding anything back. Mm-hmm. So you have now been warned twice. Now I'm going to say that being said, can't say oh no more. My gosh, I we we are not capable of doing this. At least I'm going to I'm going to go right out and say this now. I, I wouldn't be able to do a good, bad and ugly on this one because I, I've got nothing for bad and surely mm-hmm. nothing for ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. I went to see it with the family, uh, brought my wife along, who is usually, you know, not a superhero movie kind of person, which is funny because then she watches them. Then she's totally obsessed with them. Uh, <laughs> tells everybody, oh, I just saw it. this is so great. And, and starts going into detail like it's her thing. I'm like, you I had almost had to physically drag you in like I had to lure you in with like a, a like a trail of junior mints, you know, like, <laughs> lord it's like and now it's like this is your thing man I'm like okay whatever um but man she loved it uh my daughter loved it um the movie i think just hit all the right notes so mm. huge 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 two thumbs up from me what were your thoughts sir um yeah i i, I would echo the same it, it was it was such a it was such a good movie and 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 you know is is we've talked about in the past, it had its own rhythm, you know, it, it had mm-hmm. its own rhythm. It had its own mood and tone and it wasn't trying to replicate or be like the original. Um, it, it had its uniqueness to it. And and that's one of the things I've come to appreciate with Marvel is they, they, they come to the table with, with trying to bring a little bit of something unique in, into what they're doing with these characters, as opposed to turning it into a kind of a recycling of something we've seen before. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I was jokingly going to ask you, but you know, like, like I really thought the way they did the beginning and the and and even the end was was really well done with with the montages of of Chadwick Boseman. I mean, this yeah. this was all focused on him, and and I appreciate the fact that they did something like that as opposed to, you know, especially like in 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 the Marvel montage, you know, when when the when the Marvel logo comes up and they're you know typically you see Captain America or Iron oh Man my or gosh. Hulk, yeah. and instead all it is is just Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, and which they only have done that for Stan Lee prior to this. Yeah, yep, and and that was that was appropriate. That oh, was totally. appropriate in in what they needed to do, and and I love the end as well with um, you know when. Um, when when you know Shuri's kind of thinking back on her time with her brother and just how we got that montage of all these scenes with him mm. um he was he was just such a a special part of of that Marvel family and uh and this was a movie that you know we went to the theater to see with our boys and 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 I appreciated you know the the undertones that came with that original story and so I yeah I I just thought it was a a very um, very well done story. It, it, it honored, uh, the, the predecessor and it, and it really did a, a nice job. And, uh, and, and we'll get into a little bit more what, what I mean by this, by, by doing a serviceable job in terms of, um, you know, telling a story that did have a villain in it, but it was again, a, a, I don't want to even call it a villain. You know, it, it's kind of a complicated individual. Yeah, it was an antagonist. It an wasn't, antagonist, it's not a villain. It's, it's, yes, yeah. Th- thank you. Thank you. Cause, cause, he, cause Namor wasn't. Namor wasn't a, a villain through and through. There was, like, I, I love how they bring 
the the characters' perspectives into play, and and it becomes a little bit more nuanced about the way they they make their choices and what they're doing, and it's less about this this very strict good versus bad sort of thing, you know. Mm. So, um, I thought they did a great job with it. I mean, I I, I you know I, I have one little nit to pick, but but otherwise, I, I think it was. Uh, as as good of a movie as they could have made, you know, given the circumstances of of what they were uh, facing with with the loss of of the the man who kind of defined the role. Yeah, definitely. It's to me. I mean, first of all, I, I how do you how do you feel that they handled the the departure of T'Challa from the story? I guess is the best way to put it because. You don't get a you don't get an actual death scene. You don't get any of that. Like they they literally had to come yeah. up with a way to write the character out of the story in a compelling way mm-hmm. without access to the actor. Now, of course, we know at this point through CGI, deep fake, whatever, there's a lot of stuff you can do. Right. How do you feel they handled that? I thought they did uh, I thought they did justice to it in a way that was honoring kind of what happened to him. And and mm. I, and I want to say this as my own original thought. I, I read an article about this after I saw the movie and I would agree with the article saying it was really interesting how they portrayed T'Challa's death because it happened in a way that almost was similar to what happened in real life. Yeah. That he was carrying this disease and no one knew about it. Or, or, or no one, you know, in the public was aware of it Mm -hmm. and it, and it took him quickly from our perspective. Yeah. And to take that and find a way to work it into the story where like all we get is that there's something going on with his heart Mm. and something just fails and he dies was much better than trying to work him into some sort of battle scene where he gets slain in the, you know, in, in the role of being black Panther. I I think that was the right call. Mm. I think that was the right way to go about it. And it didn't diminish anything with the character. And if anything, it it humanized him more Yes, and, and kind of brought to bear something that I think sometimes superhero movies failed to do. And I think where, you know, and I don't mean to get into a DC bashing thing again, but I think one of the things DC struggles with is how do you humanize Superman? You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. T'Challa is a man who wears a suit, who goes off and he is, he is enhanced, but he is someone who at the end of the day is a human. And you know, the fact they showed kind of the frailty of life through him Mm. was, I think, very powerful. And you can't do that when you're dealing with gods, you know, not to knock Superman, but I'm saying that's one of the challenges you face when you have a hero that's a god. Mm. And so I think they handled it in about as as honorable and as about as as, um, respectful a way as they could. And they didn't diminish the T'Challa character in, in what they did. I think they, they, if, if anything, they honored it and, and they just made it feel, you know, they really kind of connected to the, to, to the real element of all of this, which is this blew everyone away. Mm. And so it happened very quickly and they, they, that's what they portrayed in the movie. But what, sorry, I've been rambling for a bit. What, what about you? Do you, do you kind of have the same feeling? Yeah, I think I'm glad they didn't try and do a deep fake. I'm glad that we didn't, try to have 
some sort of a you know active T'Challa as an active character even though it's in a way the character is still very present in the movie mm-hmm. uh throughout there there is there is this shadow of T'Challa cast over the entire movie which was going to be the case anyways to me it's very much a a case of you know introduce the elephant in the room you're not getting around yep. it you are not Face getting it. around it Face like it. and and they they introduced it they found a way to i think utilize aspects of chadwick's story as part of t'challa and do it in a respectful way and also pay tribute to him mm-hmm. and you know I, I i think it's about as as well as you could have written and directed it i don't know how else you could do it better i really don't yeah um yep and i think that that's uh, it it's an it's a testament to how well this movie turned out to you know to Ryan Coogler first and foremost um as as the as writer and director um and as a as the the force behind the original Black Panther movie but also in a larger sense to you know to Feige and the rest of you know Marvel Studios with the way that they introduced T'Challa in Civil War the mm-hmm. way that you know the part that Wakanda played in Infinity War um and just then even going back to the comics to just the the creation of this character of uh, of an an african king who is part of this society that is so far advanced of anywhere else you know and and this this entire concept of wakanda and the black panther in the first place in the comics mm. It's it's just a testament to how much that character and how much this the, the stories that are told through that resonate with people. Yeah, and also just how well all of the characters were fleshed out yep. in the movies. In even in just brief moments, we talk about it a lot. With going back to Battlestar Galactica, we bring it up. It seems like in most every discussion we have of of different movies or TV shows about the character moments, the, the, the space that is allowed for each character, because you would not be able to pull this movie off if you hadn't done the hard work of establishing Shuri mm-hmm. as a legit character, as, as, as not, as not just T'Challa's sister and a, a, a cardboard cutout character that's like, Oh, well, yeah, she does the thing and she's the girl and this and that they made her, live and breathe through the writing, through the directing, and also, of course, through the acting of Letitia Wright. No question there. But the, but you go down how they treated these characters leading up to this. If you had not done that work prior, you can't come up with this movie. If Okoye isn't a real character beyond just a, a two-dimensional, you know, head dorma melage and a, and, a, and a guard or bodyguard, mm. what does she mean in this movie? Right. You right. can't all of a sudden and this is where this is where other writers in, in, in TV shows and, and again going back to DC, this is if you don't do that work of building characters that people believe in and that have a have at least somewhat of an emotional investment in, 
you can't get to those other moments. You haven't earned it. You haven't put in the work. Of course, it also helps when you also cast Angela Bassett as as the yeah. character as as Ramonda, you yep. know, back in 2018. And now you're like, all right, well, we're awfully glad that we got Angela because we're going to have her do a ton of emotional heavy lifting. Oh yeah, which again oh, is yeah. like that's Sarah Sarah Hallie Finn, I believe, is the is the person she casts like everything Marvel, and getting Angela Bassett is is huge you know yep. not to not to mention just the the actor who played T'Chaka which I, I don't have him in front of me here but he's an incredibly revered actor you know the people that they that they were managed to, to cast in just MCU movies at this point now is amazing but this shows where it's like hey and this is where it comes in handy because now when you need someone to carry the load well it's almost like if you had you know Whoever, you know, well, it's been like going back to, you know, to go back to the, the sports days of my life of, you know, back in 2001 when, you know, Tom Brady goes down the AFC championship game. Well, gee, who's the backup? Oh, Drew Bledsoe. Well, I guess we can have him come in and play for a couple quarters. Yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a bad way to go, you know, nope. but you don't you don't get here unless you put the time and effort into creating those characters and giving them actual like emotion arcs. You know, Mbaku having like an actual arc and having range in who he is. I mean, if if it isn't when he yell when he gives that line, the Black Panther lives like that's just a that's just a line. But when he said it, I mean, I I I wanted to get up and cheer at that moment. Yeah, because it's like for that character having gone through everything he did in the prior movie and in and all this stuff. And he's the one who gets to say that. Damn, you know. Yep. yep. So, anyways, uh, that's my long-winded way of of saying that. And I agree totally with what you're saying with 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 Namor, as far as like he's not a villain; he's an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Which, in the same way that Killmonger, more towards the villain, of course. You know, I mean, yeah, he, he took out his girlfriend and <laughs> didn't seem to have too much trouble wanting to waste anyone who was in his way, but. He's also a very rational antagonist where you can look at what he's saying and go, I don't agree with what he's doing, but damn, it's like a Thanos thing where it's like, you know, that mofo has a point. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. got a point, really. I, 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 I don't like the fact that he has a point. Like, it would be easier if he was just like the mustache twirling villain, but they don't make it easy. Well, and, and you also come to understand that, you know, he's his perspective on things. I mean, he's trying to protect his his people and his kingdom. And, mm-hmm. and there isn't, you know, there, there isn't really a hint of, of, you know, that, like you said, like that mustache twirling sort of world domination sort of thing. Like he's just trying to just continue their existence, you know, yeah. the way it was. And, and, and I think that's interesting because, you know, it plays out in, in other, you know, shows and in other movies that way. Like, you know, I mentioned like the walking dead, and, you know, one of the interesting things that's been brought up by kind of the fan base is, you know, the character of Negan, who who does a lot of, you know, really bad things to the protagonist in that story. Well, when you start to look at it from his perspective, it's like, wouldn't he be doing what he would be doing to protect his people? You know, like mm-hmm. he, he gets attacked by another group. So, of course, he would take aggressive action toward them to, you know, address what, what he was seeing going on. 
Yeah. And I know I'm saying this where you don't have a lot of context for it, but, but, but the idea is the same is that, you know, it's someone who's trying to protect the, the, the structure and, and the people, you know, the people that he's responsible for and the structure he's created mm. and the structure may be wrong. You know, the, the motives may be wrong, mm. but the fact of the matter is they're existing in a place and they've been attacked. And, mm-hmm. and, and in some way, Namor is kind of playing that same sort of thing where he's trying to keep his people kind of hidden, protected, not being disturbed by the world. And, and, you know, going back a few months when we first talked about this movie, one of the things I brought up was I'm really curious about Namor and why he's been hiding through all of this. And, and we kind of get a sense of why. And, and I love the fact that they tie it, you know, they subtly, I, you know, again, and that's what makes me kind of love it even more is they subtly tie it into basically the fall of the Mayan civilization. Mm. You know, that, that, that in a way Marvel gives kind of a, a story around here's why, like any good fiction, here's why the Mayans disappeared because ultimately at the end of the day, they became, you know, they almost became mutants and they had to go into the sea. Yeah. Which, which is interesting because that is a change from the comics. Absolutely. Namor was a, was a, was a king of Atlantis. But of course, they're in in brilliant fashion. They're like, okay, well, you're going to have Aquaman and Atlantis. You know mm-hmm. what? You do that. We'll come up with something that's that's kind of even relevant. And they did. And I, you know, I I will say now. I mean, I I think we fawned over this long enough. I mean, I'm curious to see what your your nit is. I will say my my nit is that some of this seemed to happen. In very convenient timing, like why would you give someone a week? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, here's long enough for you to do all of your experiments and to build an Iron Man armor and all this stuff, and apparently come up with like a battleship-sized seagoing vessel. Which I mean, whatever. Um, didn't know Wakanda had a had a had a yacht, but uh, it, you know, it seemed a little convenient. But I will say, I only thought of that knit after the movie because. Visuals were great. The story was moving along. I believed in the characters. They managed to weave in new characters. We got a chance to see uh, the what's her face. Uh, uh, oh, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus's character. Oh, yeah. Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Exactly. Bless you. Um, oh, we uh, we got to see her. You know, all this is happening, and and the movie is moving. And it that's the th- that's the other thing. Like, this could have been a very just a a a, a very like a three hour wake, but they but they managed to to do what they needed to do emotionally with the with the death of T'Challa, and have a story, and move that story along at a at a good pace. Like, I don't felt I didn't feel like the movie sagged anywhere. It didn't drag, and. That was again. I I came up with that knit afterwards. I'm like, well, if I had to pick something, that'd be the thing. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, maybe the one other thing would be okay. We got a, another car chase as a set piece that felt somewhat. A few notes felt a little familiar, but again, very a, a, a knit that I didn't come up with until long after I'd seen the movie. So as far as knits, I mean, I guess those are two, and they're very tiny knits that are very easy to just go bink and flick off into the sunset. What was what was your knit to pick with this? Because you you were ready to you seemed ready to heal this up. So uh, take it away, brain. 
Um, I think Janetti went through the window because he was a coward. There you go. <laughs> Would you stop? I don't. I don't ever get to say that. I'm he was a the... coward, gorilla. Um, my nit was was kind of what was considered to be like the fight. You know, kind of like the big battle at the end. I, mm. I just uh, how do I say it? I, I don't know that they did enough to. Like I was a little surprised. Like so, so I I like the fact they brought Michael B. Jordan back as Killmonger. Yes. I like the fact that he was the one that appeared in her in her vision. Mm, yeah, to really but kind what, of set up that conflict that's yeah, in Shuri. Yeah, but but I also, but given who Shuri has been throughout, you know, the Marvel movies we've seen her, it seemed very against type for her to go kind of down that road. And and I know they were trying to play up. Well, maybe she's a little warped because of how she feels about T'Challa's death and she hasn't fully dealt with it and all of that. But it just, I don't know, it just didn't feel part of her character the way they kind of played it out. You know, I i, I, I get where they were going. She went tooth and nail with Namor. She eventually comes to a point of realizing the two people need to coexist. But it just felt like the 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 path we got to get there was was not maybe as clearly defined or as well defined as it could have been um, um i can that, see that that, that yeah. was my knit that was my knit is that i just i would not have i like that killmonger was brought back but i don't fully understand why for her character he was the one that she saw because everything else points to her being more closely linked to t'challa and that's the thing that just felt kind of off. Like it felt like it was forced because they needed there to be something there that was going to cause her conflict. You know what I mean? Well, and, I, I don't think it's that they needed something. It's that they needed something extra. Yes. Yeah. They, they needed that little bit that's going to nudge her over the edge. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I think, I, I think what they were trying to do is kind of play off of that, you know, uh, you know, the, the conflict between faith and, and uh, I guess, rational logic, you know, cold rational logic and, and, and kind of tweak that for the purposes of the story, which, I mean, I get that that's, that hasn't been set up in the character beforehand, but of course, you know, you didn't know that you were necessarily going to have to go here. So it's kind of hard to then go back and retrofit that. So I, I kind of get that. Mm. And I get that that's, that's a storytelling device they were trying to use. I think it, given the circumstances that they had, I think they did a fair job of setting it up. To me, like when I was watching it, the fact that she is scrambling and, and, and is like, feels like she's the only person who can, who can fix things at the beginning and that she's even at a point where it's like there's a 35% chance this is going to work. And she's willing to take that chance because she knows that there's nothing left to do and to have, and to feel like she should have been able to do something, you know, she should have been smart enough. She should have been able to come up with a gadget or she should have been able to come up with this or that or the other. To me, between that guilt and the trauma of losing her brother in a fairly quick way to her, you know, because it seems like, you know, um, uh, oh my gosh, what's the character's name? Um, Nakia had 
obviously knew this was coming as we find out in the in the mid credit scene but to me like the combination of those two things of I've just lost my brother in a, in a fairly quick way and there was nothing I could do about it even though I'm probably the smartest person on the planet yeah yep to me that was enough I was like okay I got it you know, and I and I, I totally understand where you're coming with your knit, and I don't. I'm not discounting it. I mean, that's totally valid where you're coming from. But for me, I I'm just saying it. It, it did enough for me, I guess. No, and I can see that too. I I mean, it's it it it's what we're calling it. It's a knit. You know, it's not a major oh, issue yeah. with with the story. Um, everything else about it, I thought was really, you know, I, like I really enjoyed. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, the fact that they tied Namor in, in a very, in, you know, they, 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 they didn't overdo it. You know, it was mm. very indirect. It was very subtle, mm-hmm. implying the fact that this is potentially one of the reasons why you saw a major civilization disappear. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really, you know, showing how Shuri is kind of exposed to what Namor loves and what he is trying to protect. And so that comes into play later on. And becomes part of why, you know, she's able to pull back and to relent and to, for the two of them to, you know, kind of come to an understanding and kind of work together. Mm. Um, Although it's kind of tenuous, you know, and, you know, I know after the movie, you know, my wife and I were talking about it and, and, you know, like Namor seemed to be kind of, you know, seeming to imply something diabolical toward the end. You know, we talked about, the partnership, but I said, you know, I thought at the end of all of this, you know, if where everything is going is that Kang is threatening everyone, you know, Namor is going to be a very powerful ally Mm -hmm. for them to have. And I think, you know, I like, I think we're going to look back at this movie as kind of that juncture point of, you know, for earth in the Marvel universe, that this is going to be, or at least the earth of this reality is that his presence is going to play a major role in them, you know, kind of thwarting and and defending against, you know, a much larger threat that, that Kang is going to present. And so, yeah. uh, so yeah, so I, I just thought it was like, like I really enjoy that. The fact that they can do something like that, have a villain or sorry, ha- have an antagonist who at the end of the day can be flipped into a protagonist and not have it be, forced you know like you you can see it happening you can understand where they're coming from um you know like we said before thanos at least the character of thanos expressed uh, you know ideas and thoughts around why he's doing what he's doing and in a very you know if you sit and think about it you understand to some degree why he was thinking what he was thinking even though the ends that he was working toward were very wrong and namor wasn't necessarily working towards wrong means he was trying to almost kind of maintain some of the privacy that they had before and Mm. and trying to keep that going and and so um you know i i i thought that was really interesting um you know like one thing i liked from at least the human characters in all of this you know like the like uh uh ross um let me find his name (laughs) Shuri's favorite colonizer. I love. That. Yes, yeah. Uh, Everett K. Ross and his wife, uh, as I said, Valentina Allegra de 
I still think back to Dave Black Fontaine. Panther when when she's like, "Oh boy, another white boy for me to fix." I was like, "Oh my yes. gosh, I shouldn't yes. laugh so hard at that, but that's a really good line." Yes, and it, it really is. just told you like kind of who Shuri was. Like it was <laughs> like it was just like, "Oh, another problem to solve." Sweet, but I you know. Love- like like one of the key lines that he says though it, you know pertaining to this constant pursuit of vibranium is you know he says to valentina he's like imagine like, like look at what they've done with it though mm-hmm. you know like like think about what they could have done with it and she's like oh i think about that every day because yeah. of course the idea being is is if america had possession of it all the things they would do with it and which, I, which in one line gives you so much insight into her character. Again, oh, incredibly yeah. oh, economical yeah. storytelling and writing. Yeah. But 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 I love, like, on the flip side of that, though, what economic storytelling in whatever it said, like, the fact that he's saying, like, you know, think about what they could have done with that. Mm-hmm. Like, giving credit to that society in terms of the choices they've made and the way they've conducted themselves in the face of having immense power. Mm-hmm. And... And and I just find that so interesting because I think it does speak to our human condition that, you know, when left to our own devices, you know, unfortunately, humans can most of the time lean to the side of doing what is really kind of the wrong thing with immense power. You know, um, sometimes they're good with it. No, no, we're not. We're not. So. You know, I loved, uh, you know, one of the things I, I really thought was funny was the whole tribunal scene when when uh, Ramonda walks in and, and basically is like, yeah, we busted up this little uh, operation you all were doing. And here's yeah. the people who oh were doing it. Gosh. And here's the thing. If you guys do this again, we're going to lay it. Th- I mean, this was like like I love how they gave like in, in my head. I'm thinking this is like the rock. Yes. You know, like we are going to layeth the smacketh down upon thee if you do this again. Yep. <laughs> sort of thing. It's like, oh, do, it, it, do not tread lightly upon us, please. Yeah. Ramonda is a badass in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? We we have not, we've managed to talk about this movie now for quite a while, and we didn't even get into Riri. I know. We haven't talked about Riri yet. Which, again, a, a, just another example of like how much was going on in this flick and how much was balanced and how it was balanced so well. Uh, as oppo- Again, as opposed to other movies where they're trying to juggle all these things and you're like, you, you're not capable of it. Just stop. Stop right. trying to do this because you, you suck at it. And they managed to introduce another, not major, not yet, but Ironheart is going to have her own series and they yep. managed to introduce her, introduce her pretty well and pretty economically. They did not have her carry an entire storyline. They gave her, but they gave her some emotional beats. They, they, they showed you exactly, you know, kind of what they needed to for this character to set her up to then be like, okay, the next time you see her, you know she's a flesh and blood character. She's not just a cardboard cutout, just a just another person. Yeah, it's no, that's Riri, and and we we know something about her, and we kind of like her already. Yeah. Like you kind of you, yep. you're like, hey, I already I I, I kind of like this character because I kind of feel like I know who she is. Uh, again, just really well done. Yeah, didn't overdo it. It didn't have to turn into like the Riri show. I right. did appreciate how the fact that like she actually recognized Shuri because that's one of those things where it's like, of course you're going to recognize her, <laughs> you know? Right. She, right. Um, but no, I, I got, I got to tell you, dude, like I, I've on a, on a scale of one to five, I give this one an 8.5. Like it, oh, this yeah. is, 
so good. Enjoyed it. Uh, I can see definitely see myself watching this and rewatching it uh, many times. Indeed, and 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 myself as well. It is it is well done. Uh, like we said, proper due was done to to the man that set the role, and I think they did a great job establishing Shuri as as you know the one to carry you know the mantle, and then of course. Uh, lest we not forget about the uh, the mid credit scene when we learn that there is a little T'Challa in the making, and yes, there uh, is. and so you know I I I just think they they did a great job kind of establishing just you know kind of where this is all going, and mm. uh, I'm I'm excited to see how Black Panther uh, in in you know being carried out through Shuri is going to, you know, affect phases five and six and, and impact that. So, so yeah, no, hundred percent. I think it was, it was just, it was a, it was as good of a movie as it could have been considering the circumstances and, and even more. Yes, indeed. And another thing. Well, what have you got for in another thing this week, sir? Uh, well, my another thing, I actually kind of went back and forth because I at first was going to say The Walking Dead because last night they had their series finale, believe it or not, 12, uh, 11 or 12 seasons, I forget, but it, it was close to that. And uh, based on what I've, I, I didn't see the episode myself, but what I saw on YouTube was was very poetic and well done. Um, but I'm actually going to uh, go a different route and, and talk about uh, a book I've been reading throughout the year. Um, hmm. this is one of my goals for the end of the year and I'm, I'm basically two stories away from completing it. But, uh, at Christmas last year, um, my wife got for me the best science fiction short stories of 2021. Uh, I, I put this in terms, it says by Veronica Roth and jo- John Joseph Adams, but it's really chosen by them. These are selected short stories chosen by these two authors, Veronica Roth, um, famous for the Divergent series. Mm-hmm. Um, John Joseph Adams, I think, has been kind of a a cornerstone of of just you know kind of putting you know this sort of book out, but um, but basically, I'm recommending this as uh, you know if you're a fan of science fiction, fan of of stories around science fiction, the these short stories kind of vary from uh, you know Twilight Zone ish tales to. Um, tales that are very, you know, very connected to the times that we live in today, um, as well as, you know, some far off, um, you know, science fiction times, you know, kind of stuff. It's, it's very, it's varied in what it represents and, and I think, uh, has a lot of great themes in it. So if you are someone who likes, you know, deep science fiction and, enjoys, um, you know, kind of getting some moral lessons as well as just some, you know, some, some good, you know, kind of storytelling out of it. Um, do, do check this out. The best science fiction short stories of 2021. I am uh, told, I'm hinted at that there is a 2022 version coming my way, uh, this Christmas. So it'll be my next, uh, reading goal, uh, for myself, but, uh, but do check this out. It has been an absolute pleasure to read. A lot of really great viewpoints, a lot of really great content. And, uh, you know, again, I, I just I, I'm a big, big fan of science fiction. And this has been a, a real pleasure to read. Not all space, not all one thing, you know, just like one theme or anything like that. It's spread across a lot of different kind of genre and storytelling, um, you know, moods and tones. And so uh, just would highly recommend it. Very nice. How about you, sir? Well, mine is a, a little bit of an oldie. This is actually n- almost nine years exactly to uh, the day when I was watching it. 
uh, the, I'm going to recommend uh, folks go out there and check out the Day of the Doctor, which was the Doctor Who Doctor Who 50th anniversary special. Which uh, this was firmly back during my days of of Doctor Who watching. I kind of fell out, which is somewhat normal. Like the with every everyone kind of has their own Doctor, you know. Nice. And I I was very much into the Matt Smith run as um, as the eleventh Doctor. And uh, if you need to if you need an explanation of why he's the eleventh Doctor, well, I'd highly suggest uh, going to Wikipedia and figuring it out because I ain't got time to explain it to you. Um, so it was. This was kind of towards the very end of his run, but it happened to coincide with the 50th anniversary. So it was a very interesting story that they told here because it also featured the return of the 10th Doctor, who was uh, David Tennant, who actually had another return as a as the Doctor in the new season, uh, which I've I need to catch up on here because uh, I'm just curious how that works out. Mm-hmm. Which is very odd because they have had two Doctors in in episodes before and managed to have that sort of thing happen. However, there was also the addition of a previously unknown doctor uh, who is known as the war doctor. And this entire story rotates around uh, this story of them trying to save the doctor's home world uh, from this invasion uh, towards the last days of the time war, which again, if none of that makes sense, yeah, Wikipedia, dude, that's, uh, that's all I'm going to tell you. I ain't got time to go into the entire war. But to me, it was it was so cool because it managed to to dive into some really emotional sides to a character who really is interesting because the character of the Doctor in Doctor Who is is kind of odd. Like you never really understand if he's out to do good or if there's, you know, I mean, he kind of is out to do good, but bad things happen to the people around him. So it's, it's always very interesting, but I, I really, really enjoyed, uh, this because it, it did bring back uh tenant and Matt Smith, of course, was in great form. We also got, you know, some great moments, uh, towards the end. I won't, spoil anything if you haven't seen it. it, it it's it's just great because you get this climactic thing where you get visions of previous doctors and then you also actually end up getting a glimpse of who is going to be you know the next doctor who uh after matt smith uh so it's it's kind of a very interesting sort of thing and again if you're like well how does that happen time travel just again wikipedia it's your best friend mm-hmm. uh, but i would highly recommend that it's a, it's a fun episode so it's like a little over an hour so it's a it's a fun watch i think if especially if you're if you're a doctor who person or even if you're just interested in time travel and and kind of sci-fi-ish timey-wimey sort of stuff nice very nice well ladies and gentlemen we have yet again come to that time we are going to wrap up this traveling interwebs medicine show and right off into the sunset we thank you all all the members of the free range idiocy congregation who have tuned in and who have uh, we've subscribed and listened. We do so appreciate it. If you are just tuning in for the first time and you've made it this far, first of all, have a drink on us. Uh, Tim's already had several. Indeed. And, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's just sitting on the floor right now with, with a microphone standing, on his chest. I'm believe it or not. Oh, wow. You're, oh, so you're letting the alcohol get right to your toenails. That's a good idea. Um, <laughs> but uh, second of all, if you haven't already subscribed, please uh, do us a favor. Go to freerangeadc.com mm-hmm. and you can subscribe right there through the Podbean app. You'll find all of our episodes, download them individually or all at once. Uh, you can also find us on fine podcast purveyors everywhere. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Pandora. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on all of those places. So just go ahead and search Free Range Idiocy 
Ain't nobody else pretending to be us. Let me tell you, because there ain't no money in it. You can also find us on the social medias, which is always a hoot, because as we know, social media is just such a great, effervescent joy to everyone's life. It, it brings all good things and no harm. Go to uh, Mastodon. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I even know what the Twitter replacement is. But uh, but you can find us on Facebook. We are on Instagram. We are on YouTube. Uh, you might say, hey, weren't you on Twitter? We were. And you know what? F Twitter. So, um, but Instagram, Facebook. Thank you, and, Elon Musk, for stopping that whole thing. Yeah, that's what happens when you let a muskrat loose in the in the in the headquarters <laughs> i did i did see one great meme where someone was like here i am with imposter syndrome and, and elon musk is walking around twitter headquarters chewing on wires to see what'll happen <laughs> oh gosh i was like you know what actually that's right i'm gonna remember that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. muskrats out there just hey what does this do <laughs> that's a light socket you dummy Go sit down in the corner and color, would you? Um, but yeah, we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All of those are at Free Range A to C. Of course, now YouTube has handles because, I mean, everyone's got to have a handle. Um, in, in Tim's case, a handle of bourbon is what he has. Um, Indeed. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Bill Moody's going to enter the chat in a minute here. <laughs> um, and if you don't get that joke, you need to go download some old episodes. Let me tell you, it'll that's good that's a nice little uh that's bill a nice moody. little scavenger hunt the bill moody scavenger hunt throughout our episodes uh if you have any questions thoughts or concerns or if you have an idea for a show please send those to tim at freerangeidc.com and he'll get back to you pdq asap forthwith and now ladies and gentlemen so that i can finally get out of here and and the people in my home can catch some sleep without my big mouth keeping them all awake. I am going to turn this show over to the less idiotic of the two idiots who run this show, but not before I first ask the second most important question. The first, of course, being what is hip? The second most, of course, being the hell did we learn this episode? Uh, we learned the following, my friend. I am always so excited when you have a list. It gives me it gives me hope and faith in the future of humanity, even if it's just for about a minute and a half. The fact that I prepare is what makes you feel good. I'm not going to say a damn thing, sir. We <laughs> <laughs> learned the following. We've this learned. episode has been has been slapped together with chicken wire, bubble yum, and a little bit of a little bit of belly button lint. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> We have learned that uh, Chappie's out. Iger's in for Disney. We will see what this means, but otherwise, we're going to miss uh, just using the word Chappie, I guess. Oh, get your stuff and get out. Indeed. Uh, we've also learned that uh, there's going to be a sequel to WandaVision called Vision Quest, not to be confused. Not to interrupt. Yes, please. Not to interrupt. Oh, of course. You love How to much would you love to have been the person who had to, like, phone up Chappie? And wouldn't you have loved it if they got the voice actor who does Goofy? Oh, 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 oh Chappie, you're done. Pack oh, your crap. That oh, was sweet Moses. This is why no one puts me in charge of things, because I totally would have done that. Indeed. Anyways, Vision Quest. I'm Vision so sorry. Quest. Not the 1980s version with Matthew Modine as much as Matthew Modine is, is in the lexicon because of Stranger Things. No, no. We have a interesting WandaVision sequel to look forward to with uh, mm -hmm. Paul Bettany reprising the role. And uh, this, sh this, this should be good. This should be good. I, I, I hope it leads to uh, this character getting a little more depth uh, fleshed out and then uh you know set up for a, a major you know phase five or six sort of impact we will see mm -hmm. we will see 
uh, Survivor Series. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, breaking news, if we are nothing else, uh, Survivor Series, we have a fifth match added. Okay. We have a U.S. Heavyweight Championship title match scheduled. Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory at the TD Garden in Boston, which leads to our next thing we've learned, which is Uncle Todd may or may not be making a free-range ADC sign and making an appearance down in, in Beantown for this event. We will see. Nope, sorry. I've, I, I have a... a- I have a daughter who is going to be... Uh, Uncle Todd will hire someone to go <laughs> put a free-range NEC sign up during the pay-per-view. If I, if I could get if I could get Patrick to, to sneak in there, this but I'm not paying right him. This up his alley, for crying out loud. Get him out of Maine, for crying out loud. I'm not paying him, though. That's the thing. Like I, he'd, have to, he'd have to survive on his tell own wits. You are. We both you don't know how that's going to gonna happen. It. Okay. Just tell him oh. you are. Well, yeah. See if I can get down there in his scooter. <sighs> his Vespa. I think he could make it. He You'll have to leave Thursday. now. <laughs> he leaves by Thursday. He can make it. <laughs> All of a sudden now, you know how, how long it takes to drive a scooter from Maine to Boston. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, just based on the end, another thing, Uncle Todd and man, they called him a bit of a science fiction geekery going on in, in, in that duo there. So uh, do, 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 do check out the science fiction short stories of 2021, 2022, as well as the Day of the Doctor. Good stuff there uh, mm. to check out. And with all that being said, uh, as we like to close things out, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And, uh, you know, if for no other reason than, you know, we had to pay some shekels to go see that Black Panther film, uh, we, you know, we just need to keep the energy bills down. And sending mm-hmm. kids to college actually does that, just to let you know. <laughs> you're not, you you're not jockeying the heat around anymore? You, <laughs> dude, 50% reduction since they left. <laughs> Good lord! I love the fact that you've calculated that. I have to. I showed. I, I looked at the bill. I'm like, my God, there's an inflection point, and we see where it happened. Uh, as we like to close out, uh, please hit the lights on the way. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? You're wrong. You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out, and don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. You are in Wakanda now. Thanos will have nothing but dust and blood. No powers! No claws! Just a boy, not fit to lead. Show him who you are! I am Prince T'Challa, son of King T'Chaka! You can do this, T'Challa! 